What's happening on the 25th of December? Anybody, anybody think? Anybody, any idea? Some, something, something. Obviously, it's Christmas, isn't it? It is a time of giving and a time of receiving. A time of receiving expensive Lego presents and giving out two-for-one boots, uh, deodorant, three-for-two deodorant boxes. As a father, I don't want a three-for-two deodorant box. Thanks very much. I don't want socks. Something else. That would be great. Um, so it is a time of giving and receiving. And listen, I'd like you guys, if you, if you could, just turn to Luke 6. And then somewhere in and around Luke 36. So Luke 6. In and around somewhere Luke 36. Awesome. By the way, if you agree with anything that I say, I'd really appreciate a yes and amen. If, that's good. That's a good start. If you don't agree with anything, don't tell me. Okay? okay. Unless it's heretical, then you can challenge me after Christmas. <laughs> Once to enjoy Christmas. Great. So, Luke, uh, let me read. Let me read a... a if, you're, if you've been a Christian for a, a while, this should be extremely familiar to you. Let me read it. <clears throat> Uh, I'm just going to read from that roundabout Luke 6, 36. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. Now, there is a reason why I've not started at 36. How many of you, be honest, thought about money when I read that? Nobody thought about money. That's interesting. Okay, well, all right. Well, there we go. Thank you. So a lot of you thought about money when I read that. Because quite often in the past, we have used that, that, um, that particular uh, verse, the verses, uh, when we've talked about tithes and offerings and things like that. I remember there's a chap who used to be a leader here called Jonathan, and, and that's, he said that every week. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Uh, and it was always in the context of um, finances, as far as I can remember, of money. But actually, I don't think it is. I think we can apply it to our finances. But I don't think that's what this bit of scripture is referencing. Because let's read it from verse 36. You must be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I actually think this bit of scripture, if you put it within that context... Is primarily about our attitudes and forgiveness. That's what I believe it's really talking about. So often the Bible isn't helpful the way that they split it up into the little sections. So I think a lot of these sections, it's called do not judge, is like, and then it splits it up a little bit. So let's, let's read through this bit of scripture and I'll try and open it up for us the best I can in the, in the next 20 minutes that I've got. So first off it says... 
You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Now, when you've read that in your different Bible translations, some of you will have not read compassion. Some of you would have read mercy. Some of you uh, would have read tender. Some of you would have read kind. Some of you may have even read pity. Because our English translators struggle to translate the word that is used here as compassion. So who got different words? So did anybody get any other words apart from responsive, tender, merciful, pity, and kind? Anybody get any other translations in there? Okay, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? But doesn't that suggest, doesn't that say something to you? That this, this word, and I, I, I didn't look up actually up what the actual uh, uh, Greek word is, but I think it's not really important anyway. It'll just be a word and then you'll forget it. So, so the word, that they, it, it's, it means so much that they can't encompass it in one directly translated word. It's like that thing where the Eskimos apparently have a number of words for snow where we have one. Or, 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 or other languages have different kinds of love, and they call it different words, but it all means love, but we just call it love. So, I love my wife. I love my iPhone. Do I love my iPhone the same way that I love my wife? The answer is no. Sure, it's close, but No. So I just want to get that in there, that, that, that when we read scripture, we, we really have, we, it's quite hard to do a word-for-word translation, and it means so much more than what we directly think it does. And here's the thing, right? It says, you must be compassionate. It doesn't say, maybe be compassionate, does it? Anybody's translation say, maybe, you maybe be compassionate? No? Um, anybody's translation say, you, you, you possibly should be merciful? And anybody's Bible say that? No, it doesn't, doesn't. And anybody say, when you feel like it, you might be responsive to the needs around you. Does anybody's Bible say that? No. no. So it doesn't say we maybe be compassionate. It doesn't say we might be merciful. It doesn't say when I feel like it, I'll be compassionate. No, it doesn't say that or responsive to the needs around us. It says that we, you can speak. Must. 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 Why don't we say must together? Must. And, 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 and this, there's, there's, a, there's a particular thing talking about words as well, and I can't remember, I'm sure Alan will know. Um, when words reflect what, the, what they are. So like the word kick, kick, you know, it kicks, it, it's a, it's, it's anonymatopoeia. Thank you very much. It's that, isn't it? Or the word slosh, you know, it has this feeling of sloshing around. Must. It has that same feeling, doesn't it? Must. You know, you go, yeah, must, I must do something. So, uh, uh, so as, as, as we must be as compassionate as our Father, it also says this word. It says just. Can anybody say just back to me? Yes. Just, excellent. It says just as our Father is compassionate. And, and, and just, can, you can have other words that, that, that say that as well. So exactly precisely, absolutely, completely, totally, utterly, wholly, and all together. So when we're saying you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate, there is no fudging that issue. You, you, you can't translate that in any other way, can you? It, it isn't saying you, you can have another kind of attitude to other human beings. It's saying you, your compassion, 
your responsiveness, your mercy, your pity, your kindness should be our first thought about other people. Because that's how our Father thinks of us. Oh, that's great, isn't it? And if we, if we ever find ourselves lacking in compassion towards somebody else, then, then you need to repent. And, and, and repentance, if you don't understand it, is, is a 180 degree turnaround. And, and, and repent in its truest biblical sense isn't just turning around and heading off in another weird and wonderful direction. It's turning towards Jesus. Or turning towards the Father and going, what? What, what are you, what, what, how do you want me to live? Holy Spirit, help me now. I, I repent of, of, of that thought, of that action, or indeed I repent of that lack of action. That's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? A lack of action. When we've seen something that needs to be sorted out and we've not done anything about it. Or, or we've seen, no, I'll move on to that actually. But um, there is no fudge in it. And we need to find ourselves to be compassionate that we need to repent. And then what do we do? We line ourselves up with the Father's will. Yes. And I, I do find it appropriate. Again, I, I really love this word play. I do find it appropriate that in some translations of our English Bible, um, uh, when it uses the word kindness, that the root of our English word of kindness is, put you under the spot, it's kin. Kin which is an old English word, or even a Germanic word, kind. And and, and what's that term for? Family. Family. Or more specifically, particularly if you go in Germanic, child. So, So what are we called then? We are called to be as kind and as compassionate as our Father God because we are all His children, His family. We are His creation. Even those who don't yet believe, Shock horror, they are also made in the image of God. (laughs) People that you don't quite like, they're made in the image of God. Cousin you don't get on with, he's made in the image of God. A father you've not seen for over 20 years, hello, he's made in the image of God. And we must be as compassionate towards them as we are towards those who we recognize as being part of the family of God. We are brothers and sisters. And we are called to show the same loving kindness to one another. And, 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 and so this, this, this whole piece of scripture then, just to repeat, it's about our attitude and our response to other people. Let's move on to, to, to the next bit of the verse, which I think quite often um, people either struggle with or, or ignore because it's too awkward or, or whatever. But... I'm going to try and address it this morning. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. This comment about about judging, it's it's talking really about what our thoughts are about others. And, and, And without actually first considering whether... We suffer the same faults. Let me repeat that. It's about whether our thoughts are about others and without first considering whether we suffer the same faults. Not actually rather than if we actually ever judge. Does does that make sense? Because there are many verses in Scripture that insist that we do call out sin. There are loads of them. 
and we're asked to intervene to correct bad behavior. I imagine some of you who know your Bible a bit, you're beginning to think of those scriptures now. And in lots of ways, that can look like a judgment call, can't it? So so if this is the case here, and, and if you read Matthew 7 as well, why does it ask us not to judge when there are lots of scripture that says you need to call out sin and bad behavior? And here's the thing, I think we have a twisted cultural opinion of judgment. I'll talk about the UK because this is the culture I understand. I think we have a, a, a twisted opinion of what we mean by judgment. Particularly, I think, when it comes to, to Christians and to those who are not yet believers. We, we, we give it a negative connotation. Whereas, whereas in the Bible, and you might want to note this down, in passages such as 1 Corinthians 2.15 and Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21, judgment is about speaking out to save our fellow man from not being able to enter the kingdom of God. We're encouraged to speak out to help them help themselves. Yeah? Judging then in in, in this instance is ultimately for their benefit, for, for, for their future. And actually these are these are spirit what I call spiritual judgments. We could even call it accountability. We are accountable for one another. We open ourselves up to to be vulnerable so that people can call out the sin and the bad behavior that they see in our lives. Jesus, if you're still struggling, right? Jesus made all sorts of judgmental comments about people. He called people, you listening? He called people hypocrites, vipers, Foolish, devilish, and liars. It's in the Bible, not making that up. Hypocrites, vipers, foolish, devilish, and liars. Jesus calls somebody devilish? It's incredible, isn't it? But he said all this. Why did he say he said all this? To shock people out of the sin that they found themselves in. So let, again, let's ask the question. What is this judgment? That we're, we're, we're told not to do. And it is, I'll answer the question, it is a judgment of the heart. When we call out the sin in others, we should be doing so from a place of love and a place of care. And not a place of hypocrisy and double standards. Because if we are, we will be found out. We, we will be found out. Eventually. And our negative, judgmental words will come back to bite us in the bum. That's why gossip is evil on so many levels. If you're a gossiper, it will come back at you at some point. And you will regret what you did and said. So just don't. Just don't deal with it in your own heart. Um, Can we think of ourselves... Are so righteous that we can call out the kind of sin in others without bringing judgment upon ourselves. That this passage about judgment, it's, it, it, it's a push for us to look inwards at ourselves, not outwards at others. And, and, and to sort out, sort out the junk and the rubbish 
that we have. Matthew 7, so let me tell you what that's talking about. If you don't know, it tells us to take a log out of our own eye before we first take the speck out of our brothers. Does that kind of make sense now from what I've just said? And, and, and I, I heard this phrase recently, and I think it's really challenging. We judge ourselves by our motives, but we judge others by their actions. I will explain that, but I'll repeat it. We judge ourselves by our motives, but we judge others by their actions. So it's about understanding inwardly rather than just looking outwardly. The Bible says that the man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the, at the heart. We are called, every single one of us, we are called to live righteously. And we do that in loving, accountable relationships that are two-way and for the benefit of all involved. You are accountable to me, and I am accountable to you. Let me, let me, I'm going to talk about the forgive others and you'll be forgiven. Let me give you an example of vulnerability where I'm going to knock myself off any kind of pedestal you might have placed me on. I hope you haven't, but you know, it's weird, isn't it? That happens. People build people up in their heads as to living wonderful, perfect lives. And actually they don't at all. Kath had a little bump in the car the other day. No, 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 it's, it's not about Kath. It's not about that. Accidents happen. She, she backed into a lamppost. It was inconveniently placed on the, on the pavement. <laughs> Shouldn't have been there. So she backed. She, she was trying to avoid a cyclist that was being inconsiderate, being on the road. And he was coming. She rev- and crunch. It hit. It hit the, um, it was actually a telegraph pole, and the little crack appeared in, in, in the back, a little bit of the back bumper. And she got, she got home, she was really upset, because it's a new car, isn't it? And, uh, and it had no scratches on it, apart from a few that was on it previously. And, oh. and I'd just been thinking... That very day, oh, it's so nice to have a car without like a dent in the door <laughs> and, and, and a missing part of the, the trimmings. And the what? And a crap bumper. I wonder who did that. You didn't do that one. Um, and, and then Kath comes home a few hours later. Maybe God was setting me up. Honestly, it's not a preaching story. I genuinely was thinking it's so nice to have a lovely car with no scratches or bumps or scrapes. Kath comes home in tears. I'm like, what's happened? Thinking the worst thing has happened. Uh, and she said, I bumped the car. Well, what, did, what was my response? Was it, was it lovely? Oh, come here, darling. It's all right. Accidents happen. Don't worry. Whatever it is, we'll sort it out. It's not a pro- I, it Honestly, I love you. <laughs> did I do that? No. I went outside and I saw my lovely, my, my lovely red car, not ours, my lovely red car cracked and I went back in. 
and I shouted. How can you do this? You did this last time and you did that. And the kids are going, but Dad, Noah in particular, Daddy, but we don't respond like that. Shut up, Noah. What do you want? And oh. And then, and then, and then I calmed down after a few minutes, didn't I? And I said, it's all right, Kath. I shouldn't have said what I said. Come here, darling. I love you. No, I didn't. I got as much out of this as I could. And she went upstairs crying, and I'm crappy, and I'm... And I'm... No. Two hours later, I'm still... I'm preaching about forgiveness on Sunday. What a hypocrite. What a log I'm going to have in my own eye. And then I went out. And then I forgave her. It took me a whole afternoon, part of the evening, to come to a place of forgiveness. That's wrong, isn't it? But it's human. Thanks, Stu. You're so, you're so encouraging. <laughs> I got there. But I'm sure I'm not dislike you. Uh, wow, you, wow, you're so good. Unlike. I'm not unlike you. I don't know what I said then. I'm not, yeah. But it's not, what I'm saying is forgiveness isn't easy. And, and as human beings with, with a world that... <laughs> tells us to act a certain way and do a certain thing, you, you find yourself responding in ways that aren't godly or righteous or lovely. So I hope one day I can climb onto that pedestal that I've just knocked myself off. I don't want to be on a pedestal, I'm joking. I um, just want to tell you that I'm human and I'm real. And this is what happens. So when I'm talking about forgiveness, I'm talking about it from a person who is still on a journey of how I work this through. But it's an important message. Because that's the crux of this message. It is about attitude, but it's primarily, I believe, about forgiveness. So let me talk about it. Forgive others. Yeah. Yeah, we go. Fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. We are called to be a people who easily forgive. And, and, and in, a, in a heavenly exchange, we will be forgiven. It's, it's with an attitude of forgiveness. And, and with, a, with a, a both a willingness to give and receive, we, we step away from attitudes of judgment and condemnation. Bible is talking about forgiveness without conditions. As soon as you attach conditions... Such as, yeah, I'm sure you can think of them, but I thought of a couple like, I'll wait until they show me how nice they can be before I forgive them. Or, or, or I'll wait until they do something to show me how sorry they are. Can you think of any more that where you pause your forgiveness, have a little, little turn around in your head? Because when we start to attach conditions to, to our forgiveness, then actually what we're doing is we're continuing to show resentment, Bitterness, 
and even anger. You're not letting go of those things. You're reveling in those things, just like I did with Kathy. I'm enjoying my swimming pool of bitter anger and resentment. I'm doing backstrokes and forward crawls, crawls. I'm taking in gulps of the water because I hadn't really forgiven her. And in the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus taught us to pray, okay? Jesus taught us to pray, says this. You can say it with me if you like. Forgive us our trespasses or sins as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. So there's a deal here that as we genuinely forgive, as we forgive others, our Father in heaven will forgive us also. And, and we don't expect conditions, forgiveness with conditions from God, do we? We say no. Actually, I think God does have a condition attached. And it's that that we must forgive before he will. Just, just let that sink in just for a little while. Because you all said no straight away. A lot of you did. But actually, there is that condition. But here's, here's the important difference. It's that our first forgiving isn't directed towards him. It's directed towards others. Let me give an example of what I mean by that. So just as, as my kids yell and scream at each other, as, 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 and they do, sorry if they were on any mini pedestals, but, but they do, they, they scream and yell at each other. As a, as a father, my first thought is that once they've calmed down, I want them to forgive each other's attitudes and bad thoughts towards the other. And that's my first call. I, I don't want empty words of sorrowfulness that they don't mean as they obviously haven't forgiven the other yet. I'm sorry. Do you, do you just parents, we say this really weird thing, don't we? Say sorry like you mean it. How's <laughs> uh, that work? I'm sorry. Still don't mean it. I weird, but we say it. I, yeah, I don't want those empty words. I, I don't want them coming to me like that because unless, unless, unless they first, I don't, want, I don't want them coming to me, okay, uh, like that. I, I want them to have fully sorted it out with their sibling. So, because when they're at each other, think about this in the context of we are family. When they're at each other, I, I feel split. I feel I can't really take sides. I can't favour one over the other, particularly if I weren't there. Because I, I don't... I, they've all done wrong, really. Whoever started it, ultimately they've all... They're all in a place that isn't a great place, aren't they? But imagine the scenario, right? Imagine the scenario if at the first sign or action of wrongdoing, the one that is genuinely in the wrong apologises quickly and asks for forgiveness and it's duly received. How, how small will that circle of offence be? I don't, I, I don't, yeah. I'd have to get involved at that point as a father. Because they, they, they've sorted it out. So as forgiveness is giving, and as it's received, what's, what's the atmosphere like then? What is it like then? 
when you give and you receive. Think about how freely we can move on in that atmosphere. Think about with love and care and abundance, how proud am I as, as a father that, that I'm going to lavish, that, that, that they can sort out their troubles like that. I, I want to lavish them then with, 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 with good things, kind words and loving thoughts. And really what I'm trying to describe is what I think this forgiveness thing is with our father. He doesn't want to see his kids squabbling. He needs you to grow and work it out and sort it out and forgive. And then because he's, he didn't want to take sides. He, he forgive you, but I don't forgive you. He wants to forgive you. So we need to sort it out first, don't we? Hmm. Let me read the, the, the connected section of that then. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. And the amount that you give will determine the amount you get back. Now let me try and explain how I think this works. Okay. We have a container. This is forgiveness. Okay. This is, this is our, our container of forgiveness. And we haven't got, this is going to get really messy. Are you ready? Okay, we've got our container of forgiveness. And, 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 and in that then is, is our loving words, our, our, our kind attitudes, our good thinking towards others, our wanting to maintain a relationship, wanting to develop a relationship further. That is, that's what, when we're truly forgiven, we're giving all that, aren't we? We're giving them a full bucket of forgiveness. There's no conditions on this. There's nothing attached. It's, it's all there. It's, it's yours. I forgive you. And, and you receive that bucket of, of, of value and principle and, and, and grace and love and care. Where's the hamster? Where's the hamster? <laughs> but then God says... I'm going to press it down, shake it together, make room for more, running over. So how does that happen? Well, if this is the container of forgiveness, we shake it a little bit. And then we start to press it down. So this is Alan's bucket of forgiveness. Look at that. The same container of forgiveness. We can now add more. And it can run over. The same container of forgiveness. Because I've forgiven him, I now can receive that back. The same thing. But what's inside now has got there's, there's greater volume of it. There's more of it. It's 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 fuller, it's more rounded. The values, the attitudes, the good thoughts, the love and the care. Same container, same true forgiveness. But I've received it now. Received that forgiveness. And it's coming back at me more full and running over than it was before. Does that make a little bit more sense? <laughs> we can receive forgiveness more fully than we... The, 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 the more fully we give it. That's the thing. We receive forgiveness the more fully that we give it. And the more we understand what it takes to forgive... 
the more we have to sacrifice, I believe, the greater we can appreciate when the same is done to us. And, and this sacrifice is about putting relationships above the feeling of a win. Choosing to use loving words rather than accuse. And sometimes accepting. You might have to be wrong, even if you're pretty sure you're right. See, because this principle of, uh, of this sawdust in this bucket applies not only to forgiveness, but any kind of giving in our lives. And so, yes, I do believe that when it comes to money and finances, this is the kind of blessing that we can receive. We give our full bucket, but then God shakes it up, presses it down, puts more in, and gives it back. And you can apply that principle to anything in your life. I'm going to end with, with this. Well, I'm going to actually end in worship. We're going to get Alan to put, and we're going to, we're going to bring our tithes and offerings. But I want to read this quote to you by a guy called Tony Wassell, if anybody knows him. It's very simple. The best way to enjoy forgiveness is to forgive. The best way to enjoy your blessing is to bless. The best way to receive liberally is to give generously. And the best way to reap is to begin sowing. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.